Hey everyone, welcome to Through the Winters Podcast, Episode 3. Today we're going to go over our Motivational Monday quote, talk about our Worship Wednesday question, and Marsha's going to be interviewing me about the topic of loss and grief. Are you ready to get started? I am. Let's go. All right, everyone, we want to make sure that you know how to connect with us here at Through the Winters Ministry, and you can do that by going to throughthewinters.com. Again, throughthewinters.com. There, you'll be able to find out any information you want to know about Through the Winters Ministry. You can read our articles, both old and new. You even have an opportunity to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Guys, you can also find us on Facebook. Just type in Through the Winters Ministry on the search engine, and it'll take you right to our page. We hope you enjoy our ministry just as much as we enjoy serving you. God bless you all. All right, guys, let's spend our first couple of minutes talking about a motivational Monday quote, which is this week, nothing is ever wasted on the Lord by Watchman Nee. I really, really do believe that. I really believe that nothing we do, as long as our heart is in the right place and we do it for God's kingdom, for his glory, for his people, that it's ever wasted. You know, we may think sometimes that it, that what I do is not a big deal or, you know, uh, other people have more important things. You know, we put a level on what's important and what's not important. But serving as an usher or a greeter, taking someone to go shopping when they don't have a ride, worship leader, children's church worker, uh, picking up the phone and calling somebody and seeing how they're doing. Everything that you do for the kingdom of God and for God's people, God takes note of that. And again, there's nothing too small in God's eyes. He wants us to be led by the Spirit. He wants us to make sure that we do those things that He's laid on our hearts. And as we, if we do those things, He gets the glory. He gets the honor. It's, it's showing His love. And yes, there are people out there who aren't believers that do nice things and that take care of other people and, and it's great things. But I think that that's awesome. But I want us to also recognize that we don't do these things for our own benefit. We don't do these things so that we can just feel good. We do it because it's for God's kingdom. We want to make sure that when you guys do something, you serve the Lord. That smile you put on is a smile to let people know that Jesus loves them. That phone call you make is is a phone call to let them know that you're caring about them, but that God is also thinking about them. You know, all these little things go a long way. And so just make sure that everything you do is for the kingdom of God. It's for God's people. God always gets the glory. And recognize that nothing is ever wasted on the Lord. Sometimes people may not acknowledge what you do and put uh, and all the effort you put into something and all the work and time. It happens. It happens. It's happened to me several times, and and I just keep on saying, God, you know why I did it. God, you know what my intentions were. Someone may have seen thing and and taken something the wrong way, but God, you know my heart. God, you understand why I'm doing it, and I do it for Your glory. I do it for Your kingdom not for someone else to give me praise and things like that. So recognize, look, sometimes people may acknowledge you, sometimes people may not, but always recognize that God is watching and he is the one that is there and he is the one that deserves all the glory and all the praise. So keep on doing what you're doing, believer. Keep on moving forward in things of God. Allow God to speak to you, allow him to motivate you, allow him to encourage you to keep on operating under his grace and his mercy. Listen, let's move on now to our Worship Wednesday question. We have a lot of people who responded to that. I'm looking forward to talking about it.
All right, for our Worship Wednesday, I asked the question, what is your way of dealing with those low and tired, I don't feel like worshiping days? And we actually got quite a bit of responses uh, from messengers and for those who answered right on Facebook. And um, there was a lot, a lot of good answers. And to just emphasize a little bit more, you know, we go through these times of, uh, I call them blah seasons or those times where we're just... God, I, I, I just don't feel like, you know, I, I, I want to, I know I should, but I just don't feel like it, God, I, I, I can't get myself motivated, I can't get myself to move. Sometimes it may be just because we're tired, like I said in my video, or it may be because we're going through something and maybe something's happening and, and something, we had a bad encounter with, with someone. And so we go through these low moments where, man, how do I get through this? How do I get through these times where... Right now, I want to scream or I want to punch something or I want to go to sleep or I just don't feel motivated, God, to, to give you praise, to give you worship. And like I said, we got quite a bit of answers and uh, everyone pretty much all agreed that I bring it to the Lord anyway. I tell God what it is I'm feeling. I go to God and I say, God, I'm in a funk right now. God, I'm, I'm in, a, in a spot where, where my mind is not, is not straight or, or God, I don't feel motivated. Help me, Lord, to get through this. But there were also some other cool answers that I liked, and many of them that I, I've done myself also. So uh, let's take a look at it. I have Amelia here where she answered. She says sometimes she goes outside and she screams, and when she's angry and she's crying and she's shouting out to God for help, and sometimes just letting that all out. And Amelia, I agree with you. Sometimes you just got to scream. I mentioned that again on my video, that there was that time where things were just going so crazy. I, I just went outside. It was the middle of the night. I was making sure no one was around. I was just like, God, what is going on? Explain this to me. Explain this to me. Um, so I agree with you, Amelia, that that, that sometimes just to get it out, especially if it's stirring up inside, you can't fake that. You can't, if, if it's, if you're feeling that inside, sometimes you got to let that out and a good cry sometimes helps. Sometimes just screaming it out goes a long way too. Let's see. She also said, um, the times I'm also broken, serving others will always, always bring me back to Jesus and will bring me so much joy. Anthony Favicchia also said the same thing, that sometimes he goes out there and he helps and he serves other people. He ministers. He said, uh, he says, helping somebody, serving somebody or uplifting them. Mostly, I also go to God in prayer. And I totally agree with both of you guys on that. Yeah. There was, uh, I went through a spell in my life where I was wondering, God, what the next step was, and there was a situation going on. I didn't know what to do. I, I There was nothing I could do. The only thing that made sense to me was just continue to go do what you got to do in, in the things of God. And I, I, I continued, and I served, and I helped other people get through what they were getting through. And sometimes that may not resolve the issue exactly of what you're going through, but it helps get you through. It definitely does help you recognize, maybe even put things into perspective. It's like, you know what? Maybe what I'm going through is not as bad. Um, and even sometimes when the thing that you're going through is pretty bad, still being able to be there and serve others, it gives you that enlightenment that, you know what? Let me make sure that I recognize that God is in control. And let me, and just because I can't deal with what I'm going through right now doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to help someone else in what they're going through. And um, yeah, it really does help. I, I totally agree with you, man, that even when you're in your dry spell, you don't know what your next step may be. Serving others has helped me likewise. It's helped me also. Let's see, we also got Renu, my sister Renu. She's awesome. Um, she answered and said that I felt that it was the end of the road for me. I would ask myself, why should I feel down and depressed now? Because he will do it again because he's never failed before. And I and he has proven over and over and over again. So what she's saying is that she recognized that when she's going through something, 
She tries not to let the depression hit her because she remembers back to when God helped her with something else previously. That's very important. I call that David's resume. David, when he went, he says, you know, I fought the lion, I fought the bear. This Philistine, he's going to be nothing. He saw God move in previous things where God gave him the strength and the ability to do things previously. He knew that God can do it again. That's what Renew is saying right here. Totally agree with you, Renew. Um, it's it's an amazing thing when, when we see God's hand move in our lives. And so that when we're facing the next situation, we're facing a, a circumstance in our lives, the strength comes for us emotionally that, you know, God came through for me before in the past, especially in ways that I know on my own, I couldn't do it. He's going to come through for me again. And we have to always make sure that we always stay centered in, in God. Um, we may have those moments and, and we're going to face them. We're going to, we're going to go through those times where it's just like, I just don't feel it right now. God, God, I need the strength. I, I, I find weakness and hands down. Number one thing is to always go before the Lord. But what helps also surround yourself with people i think someone else put that answer down too i think annie pampina put that answer down where she says you know she surrounds herself with fellow believers and and she makes sure that she goes before the lord and that's an important thing surround yourself with other believers that they can motivate you don't lock yourselves up oh you don't know how many times i've spoken to people and they lock themselves up in their room they stay home they, they don't want to deal with anything and i get that I'm a person who likes to be to myself also too, so I get that. But putting yourself in that situation long term, you know, if you need to just spend a couple of hours or a day just to gather your thoughts, cool. But if you separate yourself for more than a day or a week and you're going on this time, that's not the smart thing to do, people. That's not the best thing to do. You want to make sure that you surround yourself, that you're speaking to someone, that people can help pray for you, encourage you, guide you, you know, and walk you through those kind of things. And putting yourself around other people who are like-minded, it's so, so, so important. You know, seeking God in prayer, really, you know, not trying to hide your emotions, but just letting it all out. All this stuff is good stuff, guys. All this stuff is really, really good stuff. Annie also put something that I used to do, and I agree with her. Since computers came around, this probably came a little bit less, but she would put up pieces of paper with scripture. And maybe some of you guys still do this. And she would put it on her wall or she'll put it on a mirror in the bathroom, wherever the case may be. So it can always remind her about God's promises. So she would write down pieces of scripture of God's promises and she would put those things up in different parts of her walls and around her house. And that is, I think, always a great reminder. You know, some people have it in frames, some people do it in special paintings, whatever the case may be. But always a reminder when you're walking around is, is a very good thing too. And I used to do that too. I used to put little post-its to remind myself of certain scriptures and and encouragements that I believe, you know, God was speaking to my own heart. Let's see. Camille also talks about, I was just recalling where I was, uh, where I was and remembered how he loves me. And even though I don't really deserve it, uh, his love sets me, my, sets me on fire and it screams me back into worship. Um, so yeah, so Camille's saying when she goes into her modes of, of, of feeling low, that uh, she remembers that God loves her. It's, it's God's love for her and where he's brought her from in the past, she says, that um, brings her right back. And she starts screaming in worship and she just gives worship, you know, to God in, in her praise. And uh, I know that works for me also, too. That's another one that works for me. I've mentioned this before. Worship music, you know, definitely helps me get going. And sometimes worship music drives me to actually start crying. Whatever the case may be, we have to always remember that God is there watching over us and he understands tired. He understands feeling weak. He understands those moments where we're just wondering what is going on. Um, 
remember, you know, Jesus went through things where he looked at his disciples and I believe he wanted to just smack them in the back of the head for some of the stuff that they said and some of the things they did, you know, but he always pointed them towards God. He always pointed them towards prayer. He always told them to be with one another and encourage one another and, and, and to serve one another. He always tells them to, you know, to go out there and serve other people. Don't let your circumstances and your situations keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Guys, these are awesome answers. And I have other people that, again, kept on mentioning things like I go to the Lord in prayer. One person admitted that she said, you know what? Um, I may not have an answer to this whole thing, but I know that I'm better than where I was before. And that's because we learn. We, we, we're all still learning. We're all learning of how to get through these trials and these tribulations. But again, to bring up what Renew said, you know, she remembers the things in the past of what God has delivered her from and uses that to push her forward. Listen, folks, this is just an awesome time. I, I greatly appreciate you guys responding and, and answering these, this question. We're going to have another question for you guys next week. And this is all good stuff. And if you're listening and you know that you've sometimes been in that funk, you sometimes had those low moments and you've gone through times where you're just like, how do I push through this? How do I get through this? It's, it may sound like some cliche answers, but it's the truth and the power of God really moves in these simple ways. Seek him in prayer. Get into his word. Surround yourself with fellow believers. Find ways in which you can serve and that you can be a blessing to other people. All these things added together help get you through the times and troubles and those low moments that you're feeling. Um, again, they may not all solve your current problem, your current situation. You have to be smart. If you got to take action to do something to fix your situations and all that kind of stuff, by all means, yeah, definitely you have to go through those things. But to get your mind right so that you can do what you need to do, get yourself into the word. Put, a, put time into prayer. Surround yourself with people and, and, and do what God has called you to do. Let all this stuff motivate you and let all these things encourage you to just keep on moving forward. Remember what God has done in the past. Cannot emphasize that enough. It's an amazing thing when we remember who God is in our lives and what he's done for us in the past and that he will do it again. There's that worship song. You know, I've seen you move. You moved the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I mean, come on. You can't get any better than that. You know what God has done for you in the past and where he's brought you from. And you know that it wasn't on your own strength. God will do it again. Just hold on, friend. All right. God bless you guys. Listen, we're about to head into our segment where Marsha interviews me about my times of loss and grief, in particular when I lost my dad. And so I um, hope you guys enjoy it. Stay tuned. Hey guys, just real quick before we go into the interview, I want to give you a piece of scripture that I believe goes very well with our Worship Wednesday question. And it's from Psalms 119 verses 25 through 32. Again, it's Psalms 119 verse 25 through 32. And it says this, My earthly life clings to the dust. Revive and refresh me according to your word. I have told of my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts so that I will meditate and focus my thoughts on your wonderful works. My soul dissolves because of grief. Renew and strengthen me to the promises of your word. Remove from me the way of falsehood and unfaithfulness and graciously grant me your law. I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed your ordinances before me. I cling tightly to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the way of your commandments with purpose. 
for you will give me a heart that is willing. I love that scripture, man. It's it's so motivational because in those times when we just feel like we're on our low, you know, verse 28 says, my soul dissolves because of grief. Renew and strengthen me according to your promises of the word. It's it's just an amazing thing. It's like, I can't do it on my own. I feel weak, but God renew me, strengthen me according to how your word says that you are there for me and you watch over me. Verse 27 says, make me understand the way of your precepts so that I will meditate, focus my thoughts on your wonderful works. I mean, come on. It's I've tried my own ways and, and they failed me. You know, I may have had some good times. I may have had some blessings. But my ways pretty much lead me towards destruction. God, teach me your statutes. Teach me your ways. Help me follow your laws. It's a beautiful thing. And I love it when it gets around verse 30 to 32. It just starts now saying, you know what? I have chosen the faithful way. I place your obedience before me. I will cling tightly to your testimonies. Oh, Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the way of your commandments with purpose. I'm gonna, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do with purpose. I have a direction. I have, I have now a focus on where I'm going to go. For you will give me a heart that is willing. I, it's just awesome. And I just want to make sure we got that in there to you guys. Um, because when we're feeling low, again, the scripture is always faithful. And God will motivate us and God will pick us up. All right, guys, now let's get into that interview. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Sam again from Through the Winters Ministry. And today we're welcoming back my wife, Marsha Winters. Hello. And she's going to interview me about a little bit. If That's you don't... right. I'm going to interview you. Yeah, she's going to interview me. That's right. Um, and so if you don't know already, we're talking about loss and grief this month. We are writing, my wife has written some articles uh, about different things about loss and grief. And every Monday they get released on our website, throughthewinters.com. And today we're going to be talking about just some situations that uh, I went through or things that I experienced when I had lost my dad. So I'm going to pass the mic over to my wife and she'll start the questioning. Thank you very much. Um, For those of you who may not know, um, my husband and I had a very unique unique situation happen. Uh, After dating for about maybe seven or eight months, we started sharing about our life and um, stuff we, from our past. Yeah, stuff from our, yeah. And um, both of our dads, we knew that both of our dads had passed away, but we never really shared the story behind it. And I remember being, you remember we were in front of the building and we were sitting down <coughs> and um, and we were talking and you were telling me about your dad passing away and how um, he was on the news and because they were trying to find the killer. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. And I realized that his dad and my dad had been shot at the same time. Now, my dad my dad did not pass away, but his dad actually did pass away. Is yeah, around, around the same time. Both of them were shot. Yes. But yeah. But his dad passed away. Mine did not. My dad lived for 13 months after, and then he passed away from um, something that had nothing to do with the shooting. So when we were sitting and talking, we're like, oh my gosh, your dad and my dad got shot at the same time. And people actually thought your father was my dad. and um, Well, that's because when you would tell the story, yeah. they remember hearing it on the news yes, yeah. about my father. And they're yeah. like, oh, wait, that was on the news. Because in a weird way, the stories were even kind of similar in some weird way. Yeah, and we, we didn't know each other. We came in contact with each other while we were teenagers at youth rallies and stuff like that. So, 
Um, you know, we it wasn't like we grew up together and this happened. It was literally after we started dating and we started sharing the stories yeah, that we yeah. realized. Yeah. So our lives were crossing each other before we really knew each other. I know. So. Yeah. Remember? <clears throat> okay. Destiny. Okay. Yeah, destiny. All right. So um, let me ask you a question. I, you know, we've talked before candidly about uh, when your dad passed away, but yeah. why don't why don't you give the bits and pieces that you do know about how your father did pass uh, that day? Um, the It's still weird on how it happened, but um, long story short, uh, by the time my dad had passed away, my mom and him had went into business for themselves. They purchased a deli, and uh, my dad was still working as a manager of a supermarket uh, until the, the whole thing with the deli would pick up. My mom had a job also. She worked in the city. Uh, and so my dad would go from his first job and then go to to the deli to you know take care of stuff. We had other workers that would take care of it during the day. And we, they were just running late on an order. There was going to be a milk order that wasn't going to come in until you know, a couple of days later. So my dad says, i got to stop at another store, mm-hmm. pick up some milk so at least we can have some that we can sell mm-hmm. at the deli. And when he did that, the place was being held up. Now, the part that's a little sketchy is exactly on how the whole thing happened. But overall, um, there was a a holdup, and in a crossfire that happened, my dad wound up getting shot in the throat, so it was like almost instantaneous when he got shot um, that he he died. And uh, I believe believe it was two people that were holding the place up. I could be wrong. Um, I was real young when this happened, so not much detail was given to me, you know, about the whole thing. How old were you? I was about 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I was just turning 13. So actually, when he got shot, I was 12. And then a month or so later, mm. I turned 13. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's me. Now, as a, as a child, why don't you tell us what your experience was when they came and they, they told you? Well, that's the, the thing. News? Yeah. Um, so I shared, uh, I'm the youngest of three boys. And so um, I shared a room with my next oldest brother, not mm-hmm. the oldest one, the middle one. Mm-hmm. And so we're in bed, um, and I wake up, honestly, to my mom's scream. Uh, the police had come knocking at the door. My mom's, my mom, uh, I remember her telling me that when she saw them, she knew something bad happened. You know, the police right. are knocking on the door late at night. Mm, my, dad, my dad's not home yet. She was, she, her mind was already going. And so I wake up to her screaming that when the police officer told her what happened, um, and that he was gone, I, I, I pop up, What's what happened, what happened, what happened? My middle brother, I guess, was there with her. He comes into the room, and he, as best as he can get it out, he just says, Dad's gone. I'm like, what do you mean? He like, he's dead. And it, it didn't stick. And I, then I hear my mom scream again, mm-hmm. and I walk out, I see the police in, in our living room, um, I, I and... It, it was, yeah, that, that's as best I can remember. I don't remember what happened after that. I just remember seeing the police in the living room, my mom crying by a window, um, and it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my oldest brother, he worked nights, so he was gone. Um, he didn't know about it. My mom was scared to tell him, you know, until you know he came back. She, like, she didn't want him to be out there mm-hmm. and find out. But, um, yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh now, why don't you tell everyone, because this was in the Bronx, yeah. um, but why don't you tell everyone the effect that he had on the community and the church? Because he, it wasn't just like a dad that got shot. It was yeah. 
he was he meant so much to so many people um yeah it it, it was and um you know not not trying to say like you know this is my dad so I'm making a story but he was a deacon and elder in our church uh a lot of the kids from youth, you know, we, we would have a lot of the kids from youth over our house all the time. We had a nice backyard, and we would do grilling, play basketball in our backyard, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, he, like I said, an elder, so even some of the young adults and, and those in their 20s, you know, kind of like looked up to him in, in different ways. And so from whatever I would tell me and when they got the news, you know, uh, one of my youth leaders who was almost like a father figure or who is like a father figure to me, mm-hmm. you know, he told me that when he found out, he just went out for a walk and started walking the beach. Mm-hmm. Others were just in shock, didn't know how to respond. Um, uh, the Some of the youth, you know, that maybe didn't have their fathers around, they were like, you know, even though, you know, he technically, you know, didn't live with you guys, I considered him a father also too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it hit a lot of people um, outside of my nuclear family. It hit them out, you know, hit them hard, you know, also. Um, my brothers and my mom, I don't even want to try, I, I wouldn't wouldn't dare try to express their point of view, you know. Um, but I, I can see that each each of us handled it in a different way. My oldest brother, my middle brother, honestly, my mom, all processed it in, the, in, in our own ways of how we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I myself just wound up bottling it up. I, I, the first week, I didn't cry to me about a week and a half, two weeks in, mm-hmm. is when I finally actually shed a tear. And I, and I remember my mom, I overheard her telling someone, you know, just keep an eye on Sammy because he, he hasn't, she didn't see a reaction from me yet. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't respond. Um, my, my pastor at the time, who went to be on uh, went to be with the Lord. Now he's passed away. My pastor at the time he came into. I was in my brother's room playing video games, um, and he came into the room. He's like, "Hey, how you doing? How you doing?" And by coincidence, it, the game I was playing it was. Uh, I don't want to say the name because you know because mm-hmm. then I might be sued. Or who knows? <laughs> but it was a game where it was a ninja, uh-huh. um, and the storyline of his game is that. The bad guys killed his father, mm-hmm. and now he's getting revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'm playing that game, and so I automatically, in my mind, put my that that was me getting mm-hmm. revenge. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm playing that video game, um, and it, it was just crazy. And so the my pastor just asked me, "Hey, how are you? You doing okay?" And and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." While I'm playing, you know, I just so everybody was just wondering, like, you know, he's not showing any responses, and they weren't sure if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Mm. So. Well, it's interesting that um, we had talked about it last week that you didn't really experience the hit of your loss until you're about much later. Ni- yeah, until nineteen. Yeah. Um, I cried in between, or or I had reactions, but it didn't hit me till yeah. right. You had some really great men in your life. You and I didn't really connect with each other um, until we were seventeen years old. Yeah. And um, these men were great. I they took me in as if I was their daughter as well. Yeah. So they ended out being a spiritual father to you, yeah. which kind of it gave you that feeling that you're not alone. You know, you're yeah, not. Yeah. <clears throat> and but there's something that happens when a man is in a relationship with a girl that he thinks I'm really going to marry them. Um, what is it that? that stuck out to you the most that made you realize my dad really isn't here and um, I needed it. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I think 
people from the church stepping in, my youth pastor and youth leaders and other men of the church that were actually pretty close friends with my dad, that helped stabilize me for those periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like we said last week, when I was 19 at my job, something just hit. You and I were engaged. I guess I was just thinking about how my future was going to be from that point on, that mm-hmm. you and I were going to get married and all that kind of stuff. And what started off as a good thought, you know, like, well, I'm going to spend my life with her and all that kind of stuff. Somehow, my, I guess, I don't know if psychologists call it suppressed memories or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. but somehow it just turned into, but he's not going to be here to see it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where, man, it just like a big, t- I was happy one second and then all of a sudden mortified, mortified, and I was just like, he can't be here, he he won't be, mm-hmm. you know, he won't, and then my mind jumped to, what what if when we have kids, he, you know, they won't have a grant, like, it was so crazy, mm-hmm. um, and I guess the press stuff that I might have kept inside for so long, and again, I did cry in between, there were things that happened, when I graduated, I thought of him, you know, all that kind of stuff, but this time, it was just so overwhelming, and like mm-hmm. we said last week, I called you on the phone, and I was sobbing already, and mm-hmm. you were like, what's wrong, and then I'm like, I miss him, I miss him, so it, it, it was just so weird, and what, what did help, um, was that those people were there, but uh, never really spoke to anybody about mm. it. Counselors mm. and, and and whatever in school did try, mm-hmm. but I didn't see what one thing had to do with the other. You know, they were right. like, okay, you're going to go to college. You're supposed to help me with college. Why are we talking about my dad? Right. You know, like, you know, like mm-hmm. it was weird, you know. So. I think what you said is so important, and it's what I bring up in uh, the articles. It's one thing when we lose something, but it's another thing when we just don't reach out and we don't share our feelings and our thoughts. And really talk about and it. And talk about it. Yeah. it. People underestimate the power of conversation and being able to articulate what is going on in our hearts and mind. Now, for you, you probably were like, all right, he, he died, he's not here. You know, Not to say that you were trying to keep moving forward and, and erase him. But I think that um, your mind had to be able to handle such a tragic loss that it just went into maybe autopilot in some yeah, areas. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you took the wheel back. Yeah. And, and then there were people there that not necessarily took his place, but that, that filled in at least a gap. Yes. You know? So I, I went over to my youth pastor's house and hung out and, and had someone to talk to. Um, that, like I said, they were my dad's friends. They had me over. They asked me how my grades were in school. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, they wanted to meet you mm-hmm. when, when they heard I was dating somebody. Um, I know they were there as best they could to comfort my mom. Um, you know, they uh, one of them uh, helped me with my first job. Mm-hmm. You know, and all like, like he helped me get started. You know, and he invested into me to my first job. So there were people that were in play that kind of met some of the dad roles mm-hmm. as best they could. Um, so it sustained me a little bit better, maybe. And I think you know. that at this point in your life, your no human being could take the place of your dad in this right. area. Right. Like, you know, Mitchell, your your youth pastor was great, but he could not, um, he could not do what you needed done when it came to your wedding. You know, yeah. he couldn't reassure you in a way that a father could you know so there were things that only a dad could do and when you lose something and you realize nothing can take this place something like yeah yeah, then all of a sudden it just kind of hits you harder uh and when it when that opportunity for conversation and help 
doesn't get, you know, when you don't take advantage of it and go to someone who you trust, you called me up. Yeah. And and I sat You're there and I listened. Yeah, yeah, and I sat there and I listened and I said it's going to be okay. I knew what it was like. I didn't understand, you know, it because m- my dad I was not really connected with him in that way. Yeah. But um I I just needed to be there for you to listen and sometimes you just need to find someone who is willing to listen to you right, and right. let you know it is going to be okay. You're going to get through this. And that's one one of the most, um, that's the best medicine you could find sometimes is just having a support team that will be there for you. Um, now, the last thing, I mean, your your mom was was an amazing woman. She's still an amazing woman. She's She's yeah, probably she's still with us. Yeah, she's still with us. You know, <laughs> there are times I wanted to, but you know, she's good. She's good. And um, I think that that even in my conversations with her, it showed that they all lost the same person, but the effect of oh, the yeah, the effect of that one person can take different people in different places so one of the things i do want to encourage you and let you understand he had three he had two brothers um that lost a father too but the three of them handled it differently so i really want to encourage you if you were you know you had a loss that other people can say i lost the same thing too don't look at how they handled it and criticize yourself for not handling that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the same time, don't flip the script and don't say, well, I was really good at how I handled it. Why don't you just do this, this? Everyone's process is different. Everyone's yeah. mourning process needs to be respected so that there can be proper healing. And yeah. you need to find someone who really will respect your process um, and and help you through that. Yeah, it's... it's um Again, not, not not at all um, trying to uh, um, view it in the eyes of, of my two older brothers, but, you know, yeah, my oldest brother, um, because he's the oldest, there were certain responsibilities placed on him that weren't placed on the other two younger mm-hmm. ones. And so, you know, he sees it as, you know, uh, this is the, the, time. The, the, one, the one, you know, he, he lost his dad, you know, who expected things from him. Right. And now, you know, maybe there's a certain responsibility that he feels now is the oldest that he has to carry. Right. Um, so how does he process that? And mm-hmm. the middle one that probably had certain expectations, you know, and, and now he loses uh, his father. And, and how does he now go about what decisions and choices he wants to make? And me, I was the youngest, you know, um, and so I didn't know what to process at all. You know, it was, it, it. The concept of of how does this work as family hit so like yeah the three of us at, in three different roles in our lives you know I'm six years almost about six years separated from my oldest brother mm-hmm. so he's six years older he's definitely gonna think things very different than right. a 12 13 year old's right. gonna process stuff um, you know uh, it's 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 just crazy so you know so it was it's not just even like that it's it's this stage in life right you know, where the mind is mentally, you mm-hmm. know, and how we process things. Yeah. Um, and so many different things. And, and um, like my wife said, that that's what we're trying to do with these articles, that it's it, your grief and loss from whatever it is is going to be processed in different ways. Um, but you need to talk. You need to have a, a way that you vent and that mm-hmm. you let it out. You need mm-hmm. to have some kind of thing where... You can express what you're feeling so that you don't keep it bottled up inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for us, again, that hope comes in Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's just an amazing thing. I, I think the other big piece, other than the people that were there, they were there because God allowed them to be there. Mm -hmm. And God was a big factor also in me trying to find peace in all this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah. yeah. I think it's a great story. And I, um, right now, I just want to pray for everyone. Sure. Um, and uh, just pray that no matter what it is that you're going through, what your process, what your stage, that you would be able to cling on to God and um, and trust that He is there to be with you, to help you, get you through everything. So right now, uh, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to go boldly before your throne. Lord, I lift up every single person that come across this, this podcast that can relate to losing someone or something super important to them. Lord God, I ask that you would just touch them where they are, that you would give them the strength and the courage to be able to trust you and to be able to bring you into their world where it seems like there's a storm raging or that things are being turned upside down. God, I pray that you would come in and be the, be the one that calms the storm and brings peace. Father, I pray that you would just help them to know that you are right there. You haven't left them. It may feel like they're alone, but they're not alone. We thank you for everything that you've done, Lord yes, God, sir. and everything that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, if you um, go on any of our articles for loss, grief, loss and grief, suicide and depression, which are coming up, you will see a link to Bedrock Ministries, where uh, if you're going through something and you really need someone to talk to, um, where we would really encourage you to contact them. They Skype counseling, and um, Skyping counseling may seem like, oh, I don't want to do something like that, but we've said it last week. You'll be able to pick your own setting. Yep. You'll be able to feel comfortable. You know, No one hears you, and um, be able to talk with someone. So I'd really want to encourage you to go on our website, look at the end of the, well, read the blog or the article first, and then at the very end you'll see the <laughs> link to the website. All right, everyone. Remember, this is listener-supported, so if you feel in your heart to help support, you'll see a link uh, at the podcast to support Through the Winters Ministry. It would be greatly appreciated so we can keep on doing recordings like this and keep on going out there and ministering to people in their times of hurt um, and share that light of Christ to them. So if you can help us out in that way, we'd be greatly appreciated. We love you all. Talk to you soon.